0: oh, 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 oh Hello everybody, how's it going? This is Adrian Hernandez of Mile High Hockey. It's been a long time. It's good to see everybody. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. It's a pretty busy time for hockey these days, so I figured now is as good a time as ever to uh, get back into the swing of things. So today I'm going to talk a little bit, of course, about the Landisgog situation. Um, I wrote an article about it for Mile High Hockey that you can get on milehighhockey.com. I'm going to get into some of the details as to to what I was talking about in that article. I'm also going to talk about Matt Calvert retiring and then I sent out a tweet and I'll still take some more questions if anybody still wants to contribute but I sent out a tweet asking you know if my fellow Avalanche fans have any questions um, I'll do what I can to best answer them. What's up SB Nation good to see you man thanks for tuning in but yeah so I'm just gonna get into kind of the hot topics right now about uh, The Colorado Avalanche and everything that's happened with the Expansion Draft, Seattle. Yeah, so there's been a lot to kind of chew on and not a lot of news necessarily. Like we're getting more information, but none of the news breaks that kind of we're looking for as Avs fans. So it's kind of a, I don't know, a trying time if there ever was one to be an Avalanche fan. So we we have a lot of questions to answer. Uh, But first off, let's get right into uh, talking about my dude, Matt Calvert. So I'm kind of bummed, I think as everybody else is, that Matty is hanging it up. Not because, like it's probably time, but I just don't know um, how replaceable a guy like Matt Calvert is. I mean, look at this video. He was kind of one of those dudes that would get in there in situations that it probably wasn't in the best interest of other guys to necessarily fight. Um, So he kind of wore one for the team. I think that's where a lot of that respect uh, among his peers came from. It's like, look at him right here. This is Chernak who looks like he's got him by at least eight inches. And there's there's just no fear. If you're a diehard Avalanche fan, you know this already though, you know. Matt Calvert was kind of a part of the heart and soul of this squad so he's going to be tough to replace. I've seen some some murmurs of you know Logan O'Connor stepping into that role Um, and there's a question I think that somebody hit me with that kind of speaks on the young the younger talent of the Colorado Avalanche and kind of if if the roster does uh, look a lot different than it did last year how how quickly they'll be thrusted thrusted into the limelight but I think you know, those murmurs about Logan, Connor, Logan O'Connor excuse me, are pretty spot on. Um, he does have a very similar tenacity. Like when Logan O'Connor's on the ice, you're like, okay, LOC's out there. In fact, and this happens on the broadcast a lot of the times, Logan skates with a similar gait to Nathan McKinnon. And sometimes you can kind of, it, he plays tricks on your eyes because, and I'm not saying he's as fast. I don't even know if he's as fast. He may be, he may not be. But he just has a very similar gait. So I think that's, that's probably something we can count on. Um, but I, uh, I'm i not sure if I want that necessarily <laughs> because I feel like Logan does really well in his current role. So I don't know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where you don't really want to thrust someone into the limelight too quickly, like before they're developed. Um, but I think we've got to see enough of Logan O'Connor to think you know that he's probably going to be fine. Um, but once again, man, it's it's tough to see Calvert go. But I guess it was time. Um, yeah, I just he'll be he'll be tough to replace. He's near and dear to my heart. I'm I'm actually thinking about getting his jersey. It's one of those things where Calvert was one of those players that. Sometimes you don't always want to get those jerseys because you don't know how long they're going to stay But since he's retiring technically and AV, I think it's it's safe time to get his jersey Um, So speaking of someone that I have numerous jerseys of that may not be a Colorado avalanche going forward uh, Gabriel Landeskog has Essentially given us the impression that he's more than likely um entertaining at least the, the possibility of leave, leaving the Colorado Avalanche and signing elsewhere um it's it's definitely seems like according to reports which honestly I, I'm I'm question I question the legitimacy of some of these reports because I like to think that Joe Sakik is a lot like Steve Iserman in the fact that he can keep things pretty hush hush um and I think if they were to release any information to anyone it would probably probably be some of these, more heavy hitters, the Pierre Lebruns, uh, you know people people from the Athletic. I don't I I I don't mean to to throw stones at anyone, but I just I question the legitimacy of some of the reports that we've gotten in terms of the Gog negotiations. In my opinion, I think what just happened with um, the expansion draft and Seattle not selecting and signing Landeskog, I think um, you know that bodes well for the Colorado Avalanche because, and I get into further detail in my article, but Essentially, to me, that was a glimpse into the open market. Um, Lannisgaard probably asked more of Seattle and was probably entitled to ask more of Seattle than any other franchise he might talk to, especially given the fact that the it's the ideal situation for leaving the Avalanche. You know, he's not going to get as much... Uh, and I don't think he cares, but I don't think he's going to get as much hate if he, if he were to leave to Seattle, which is a brand new franchise, um, he could instantly become the captain and the new face of uh, of the the NHL for you know a hot second. If you, if you're his agent, you're saying that's where you want to go because all of the news is going to be about Seattle this year, and you want to be on the front of that news. And you can you can pitch that you know to Seattle and say, hey, I'm perfect. I'm perfect for for what you're looking for a true captain, somebody who can take those interviews, somebody who who's experienced in doing all of the things that come with being a captain. So I, with that glimpse into the open market and they couldn't come to terms, now I'm starting to think, well, okay, if they can't come to terms with who might be the most ideal person to come to terms with, I mean, if anyone's going to pay a premium for Landeskog, it's probably going to be someone like Seattle. And if it's not Seattle, it's going to be someone who's uh, probably not going to be very good I've seen a lot of mutterings of Toronto would be a good fit I, I'm, I'm confused I don't understand Where where Toronto can come up with Enough money To do that I mean Especially if Lannis wants a premium He's not going to take a pay cut To go pay for Toronto So I don't I don't really understand those rumors um, But more in on You know I think it's I think things are trending Like I say here Towards an equilibrium um, Sackic. Probably is low-balling. I wouldn't doubt that But I mean it's not It shouldn't be a very hard sell It should be kind of understandable that Sakic is low-balling now if it's an egregious to an egregious level of Low-balling like I get that like okay if 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 if, if is offering him like less than he already was making then yeah That's ridiculous, but if he's still offering him a raise and he's in his um, Theory behind not paying as much or market value for Laniscog is that hey, man we're close, and if we, don't, if we pay you at a discount, we can go get another piece because we don't know if Brandon Sod's coming back. We just lost Jonas Donskoy. Um, so we're, we're going to have to go shopping again, and if we have to sign Landis Gog at a premium, that shopping isn't going to happen very easily, and, and it's almost going to be ineffective, and we might, as well, we might as well just not do it and save our, save our ducats for paying McCarr and paying McKinnon. But then you kind of spoil the window. Because the window really is around the McKinnon contract, which ends in two years. So, I don't know. I, I think I think Landis Gog, just from being a fan of his and watching him speak publicly, um, which I know that's when you say the things you're supposed to say, but I truly think that Landis Gog is a genuine dude when he says the things he says. And he's always been a team guy, uh, much like Eric Johnson. Like when Duchesne left... Eric pretty much put it as purely as anyone could, you know, we want guys in this locker room who want to be here. And that's, that sort of thing, it, it emanates from that locker room. It seems like they are down with each other because they're down with each other. And I don't think that that is something Landis takes lightly. So I do think we'll see a more team friendly deal than he, may, than he might get elsewhere. But I mean, what gives? What's he gonna try to do? That he, basically, if he left, he his potential, his footprint on the league is gonna be marginalized at best because he didn't do it with us. So, I mean, I wish him the best. I think he should make the decision that he sees as uh, the most appropriate given his situation. Obviously, he knows more about his life than any of us. So, I mean, I wish him the best. I hope. I know it's probably a, a tough time, a tough thing to be going through, um, but. I, I do think that my jerseys will still be of value <laughs> come uh, October. I think we're going to see uh, Landis Gog with the C still. So that's kind of my take on that. Um, I think uh, if you agree with me, let me know. If you disagree, I understand. I know most most outlets are saying that he's leaving, but let me ask you this. What's more of a story? Gabe Landis entertaining the market or Landis Gog re-signing with the Colorado Avalanche. It's definitely him entertaining the market. So I think there's a little bit of the um, stimulation of talking points going on with Landis Gog. Obviously, there's something to be said about the fact that we don't have a deal yet. For sure. I get that. That makes sense. But uh, I don't think it's... I don't think it's... As, and Landis Gog was quoted to say he wasn't happy and, and he's kind of frustrated, whatever... That may be true we don't know the context of those comments and I think it's probably a little less uh, personal and hurtful than we're being led on like both guys both guys know um, you know what the other wants and both guys know that they're being reasonable and acting within their own self-interest so that's okay no Landy just Landy did not sign elsewhere but I'm saying in the event that he does you know I wish him the best so. Um, but let's get let's get moving on. So I want to take a couple of your guys' questions and thank you folks so much for for sending out those questions. It's also awesome. my I, I really like, you know, responding to to what you guys have on your minds and it's kind of kind of my favorite thing to do in my free time is to talk about the Colorado Avalanche. So it doesn't it doesn't work unless someone is kind of pitching me topics, I guess. <laughs> so I'll start with uh let's see David Sorensen says, uh, here's a scenario. Colorado signs McCart to a one-year deal for this year at 6 mil. They sign an eight-year extension when free agency opens up at 9.375 mil to effective to an effective nine-year, nine-mil AAV, but three mil extra available this year. Does this break any rules? <sighs> That's a great question. I don't think it breaks any rules, but I just don't know. That's kind of a risk. That's kind of a, sorry. Baltimore, Baltimore says, "Oh man, I thought you, I thought Linus Gog left. You had me scrolling. He t- technically can't leave until after. I think it's the 27th is when f- the free agent market opens up. But back to this question about Makar. Um, I think it's pretty risky to not just get this dude his money his money as soon as possible. We got people, and I don't think this is realistic, but we got people talking about how somebody could send him an offer sheet, which at the max would be, I think it's like, actually, I don't know, because it depends on his, it depends on what he ha- he's making now, but it would be a pretty costly contract, and we'd, and the Avalanche would be forced with the decision to either pay up or take the four picks, first round picks, I think it's four, um, in exchange for Macar's the rights to McCar's contract, but... I just don't see that happening. That's a lot that's a lot and, and my thing is too, like if that happened, they the abs would easily match. Now, someone might pull a Montreal and offer sheet just for that fact to make Sakik spend the money on Makar so that we lose one of our depth players to the open market and then someone can go swoop that person up. Um, but that's kind of what comes back to the Landis Gog contract and that's what comes back to the Grubauer contract um, is you know how how is the McCar situation going to play out obviously McKinnon says he's going to take a pay cut but a cut on what McKinnon is worth is still probably nine or ten million dollars at the least so that's going to be expensive McCar is probably not going to get 10 if we do it now if we wait he's probably going to get more um, but it's it's a flat cap for a couple more years so I don't think Many of the players have leverage to offer or to ask for a premium, but if anybody does, it's Kale McCarr. <laughs> he's he's pretty much gone above and beyond any uh, assessment of what he could have done. So to answer your question is I, I don't know if this breaks any rules. Um, I'm not even sure if I understand kind of what you're putting forward. If I it, from my interpretation, I would say this is too, it would be too risky to wait because. He could take this as an insult and say $6 for a year. like That's all I earned. Um, I'm hitting the open market now because you guys don't want to pay me. So I don't think, I mean, I, I see what you're getting at. That's pretty smart. You must be a finance major trying to save an extra $3 million this year. Um, but I just don't know how, how smart that would be. So let's move on to the next one here. Um, let's see. All right. So thank you again. David Sorensen for your question, man. I appreciate that. So let's get into Steven at Stevie O1934 asks, Avs, are the abs big on Kessel and Jack Eichel if Landy leaves? So this is kind of like something that I've thought about, but I've sort of been avoiding because <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, I really, it may be just wishful thinking, um, and I, but I just don't think he's leaving. But in the event that he does, obviously, we're going to have to fill that role. Do these guys effectively do that? I have questions. Phil Kessel is a great, great player. Um, and there's no there's no doubt that adding him to it, whatever team you are, adding Phil Kessel makes you a better team. There's no doubt about it. And I think the same could be said for Jack Eichel. The, the part that would be missing to me, which I could be wrong. I don't really know much about the leadership. I think Kessel's a, a veteran. He might be able to offer more in terms of leadership. But his personality type, I don't he doesn't seem to me like an authoritative guy. He seems like a friendly guy to his teammates. And in terms of Jack Eichel, like who really knows with his situation, Buffalo, it's he could very well be that to personality type, but I mean, it's who's to say it's effective based on how, how Buffalo is, how Buffalo plays. So that's my ultimate question. If if they are in on those guys, we'll be better. If Landeskog is gone, we definitely need to fill the void in terms of production, um, but there's different layers to what Landeskog brings to the table that I don't know that either of these guys necessarily address. I think Kessel probably gets the closest, but with Kessel, where you where you gain leadership, I think you lose legs. I'm not saying he's slow, but he's not necessarily young. Jack Eichel's young, but not probably as much of a uh, presence. As Phil Castle. So it's kind of give and take. I, I think Sakic would probably go with Eichel in that situation since he's a speed guy with Bednar. So um, that's kind of my take on that one. Steven, thank you very much for that question. Uh let's see what else we got here. John. John Avs, at Avs John asks, with Palmieri inching towards a contract with the Isles, are Landis Goggs options essentially down to St. Louis, where Strickland said he was had little interest and Colorado I mean this is the ultimate question like what are his options what are what are Landis Gog's options if we knew what his options were we could we could more easily get a beat on the situation but we kind of don't I mean we know who doesn't want a Gabriel Landis God we can kind of play process of elimination based on who has cap space and this and the certain situations um, I've seen Vegas thrown around I've seen St. Louis thrown around um, I've seen Toronto thrown around. I think of, of all those people, Colorado has the best chances, in my opinion. They have the cap space. They have the team that's attractive. He's already there, he's already the captain, been the captain for a decade. So I think if I was making my list of who's where, I would say the Avs have the best chance. I don't think he wants, I, I don't think he's a St. Louis guy, honestly. Because he's played in the division with them, against them so long, he's gone there. Um, I don't think I don't think that makes sense to him. Vegas though, Vegas I would be interested. <laughs> that would be. Can you? Oh, I can already see some of you Avalanche fans and how you would behave if you went to Vegas. Oh man, it would be anarchy. There would be fire in the streets. But <laughs> uh, I I just like I said, what, close your eyes when you when you think of Gabriel Landeskog. What sweater is he wearing? And if it's Colorado Avalanche, now try to imagine him in a different sweater. And which one is that? It just, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't, that doesn't work. That practice fails. So I i think in terms of your question, it, does, it probably, in terms of being able to do it, St. Louis and Colorado have the ability. Uh, but Colorado to me wins it based on he's already there. He's already a well-established name here. And we got a good look. We're the odds-on favorite again to win the Stanley Cup. So I don't know why you would leave a situation like that. So thanks, John. I appreciate the question, man. Thank you very much. So now we got Seth Jones Season. Nice name. Um, he asked, how do you like goalie depth in this class? I'm assuming you mean the draft class goalies are always kind of hard to, especially given this season with COVID and like a lack of coverage um, and lack of playing. (laughs) I just think that, uh, you know, getting a beat on goalies is probably the hardest thing in the first place with the draft class. And with the current circumstances, it got even harder. So I think, it's kind of a crapshoot like it is every other year. We might look back at this draft year and say, look, there he was, there he was, and there he was, and can you believe nobody took him? Um, or we might we might say, wow, somebody somebody really wasted a pick. Um, it's it's kind of not really an answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's the best I could do uh, based on what information I have. Baltimore Beatdown says, I travel back to Denver in March. Travel back to Denver in the... Back to Denver to march in the streets. Yeah, so would I. I mean, I'm I'm in Pueblo. I would drive to Denver to march in the streets. Or at least to document the marching and the subsequent burning of everything around. (laughs) Uh, I don't condone that type of behavior, but I'm also not naive to how... um, We'll just say passionate people can be about sports, especially in our lovely uh, state of Colorado and abound so in America. So that's my kind of my, my goalie depth. If you want I'll spin off this since I didn't really give you an answer. goalie depth in terms of the avalanche, we don't really know it's not set in stone, but it doesn't look like Dubnik's gonna stick around. Um, Frankie I hope he's healthy. I mean, I don't really know. he's been they've been pretty tight lip on in, in terms of his development. Uh, so I worry. Obviously, we haven't signed Grubauer. There's some goalies out there on the market. There's some dudes that maybe trade targets. So I, I I think that the Avs, that's probably outside of obviously signing Landis Goggin, McCarr, and Grubauer, which Grubauer is a part of this. The biggest and most important thing to address is the goalie depth. Because it seems like that bites us in the butt every single postseason. Which, I'm not saying Groovy had a bad postseason. He looked great. But I do think that he suffered from not really getting a night off. And, I mean, I know. I, I, I don't think he got a night off. I really don't. Because we swept. And then, I don't think, based on the way the series went, we were going to go with a... I could be wrong. I can't remember. But, you know, he he if we could have given him a spell similar to what... Uh, Vegas did with Marc-Andre Fleury, which obviously it didn't pay off in the night when they absolutely got trounced by the Avalanche. But in the long run, it worked. In the long run, uh, Fleury you know, needed that time off. So that's my ultimate question is, will we address that? It seems like every season, that's the question. Will they address the goalie depth? So I'm really hoping they do. It's been uh, It's been kind of one of those things that it's hit and miss, and I hate to do it to my boy, because Grooby played lights out all season, regular season, and even in the playoffs. But if I, I if I'm being honest, I do think he had his worst game in Game Six against Vegas, which was probably the worst time to have your worst game. Um, that that goal from the from the uh, point where he's looking down the boards and it goes five hole. I mean, I'm not saying that it's an easy save, and obviously he he was doing his best. But those are the types of goals that just can't happen in those situations. Uh, no matter what the circumstances are. So I I will be interested to see how Sackick navigates the Grubauer. I, I think out of all the people, Grubauer is the easiest to sign, but I don't know. But at the end of the day, he's probably also the one that you could replace the quickest. Like you're not gonna replace Kale McCarr very fast. You're not gonna replace Landis Gog quickly. Uh Grubauer, there's some goalies on the market. And yeah, he's a Conn Smythe candidate, but we all watch the games. We know that, that part of that, not all of it, I'm not take, don't mean to take too much away from but part of that is that the Avs were giving up 15 to 20 shots a game. So, I mean, if you don't look at as many shots um, and you have a consistent save percentage, you're going to look pretty dang good. So, I'm not saying he wasn't great. He's definitely worthy of the Conn Smythe. There were games that he absolutely stole, but... I do think his production did have a little bit to do with the play style of the Avs and how well they were defending within that play style. Baltimore Beatdown said, I just moved from Foco to Maryland to work with the Ravens. Nice. But I've been lifelong abs man. I was really hoping for a greater cup run before I moved here this week. Yeah, that would have been nice. You could have came out here early and, uh, and uh, or no, you could have came home. And came to the parade and you would have seen me right there crying tears and all <laughs> um, that's cool though man you for work for the Ravens I like, couldn't have been the Broncos though what the heck or they just didn't didn't give you an offer or what <laughs> so let's move on thank you again Seth for your question man I appreciate that I don't think I think you mean Seth Jones season like the eighth defender so I'm not sure what your name is it says at Azari Jason Az, Jason four tell me how to pronounce your name because'm I'm, I'm dumb. Alright, I think I got one more question Let's see here Yeah, Bryce Heller At Barroses. I think that's how you say it The focus is obviously on the draft But the longer they wait on Landy and Grubauer The more difficult it will be to sign them For the next month, that is Do you see urgency? I mean, I don't see or hear anything (laughs) Because I feel like There hasn't been any legitimate Colorado Avalanche news In quite some time, so uh, I haven't heard much. They're pretty close to the cuff. Like even the even Mosier and McNabb and those guys don't even know kind of what's going on right now. They they what we all have is what you guys have, which is on Twitter, and I trust that about as far as I could throw my phone. So, which I could probably throw my phone pretty far, but just (laughs) further than I could throw myself. That's for damn sure. But. Yeah, I don't know. I would say the urgency has to be there, though, right? Like, it's their job. It's what Sackick and other parts of management are paid to do, is handle these tougher situations, these negotiating points. And um, I think they're probably working their butts off, especially since the uh, uh, the freeze was lifted. I think they've probably been on and off the phone with representatives, hopefully they're narrow, narrowing in. I've heard that the holdup with the Gog contract is term that Gog wants more term that they've come to an agreement with in terms of AAV. Now take this this information with a grain of salt because, like I said, it's from Twitter. So I don't, you know, if that's the case, I'm not sure what we're waiting on. Like, give the dude his give the dude his years. I mean not to not to pry on eric johnson and it's been unfortunate what's happened to him but if you look at him ask answer me this from a financial standpoint yeah you'd want that six million dollars but even not on the ice eric johnson brought something to the table this season because he's a part of the crew he's a part of that group that saw the worst season in avalanche history and then is now within this moment, which is as close to a prime as we've gotten in a long, long time, so those pieces, um, they're important in a different way. Uh, so I, I, the urgency has to be there. They're probably uh, working on Landis and Makar the most. I'm sure they're close. According to reports, they're closer with Macar. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Like, if you haven't said yes, we do. Are you? How could you say? Uh, What's closer than something else? I mean, was it last year or two years ago when Rantanen was a free agent? We were told that they were so far apart two days before he signed his contract. So I know it's hard to not get excited. I'm guilty of this as well. Uh, But I just, I don't think um, we'll know eventually, right, one way or another. And when we actually will know, we'll point blank be when each club or each party says it when they say we've signed with Colorado or when Colorado says we've agreed to terms with Gabriel Landiskov, that's when we'll really know how close it was or how not close it was. Because if he says we're not re-signing and he goes and hits the market, then we'll kind of know a little more, but still they could sign him. So it's kind of just one of those things where we got to wait, wait it out and and see how it goes. Um, It's kind of like Waiting out the most important decision in the next, <laughs> I don't know, five years. Because think about how impactful this this decision is. It has to be met with urgency and with diligence, due diligence. And I, I don't, I, I haven't had anything, you know, to, to look at in terms of Sakic in or in, in terms of doubting him. Like I can't really doubt Joe Sakic. Joe Sakic has kind of proven time and time again that he he's going to do what's necessary. And in the long run, we're going to see that that was the right move. So that's kind of my take on that. Bryce, thanks, man, for the question. I appreciate it. Um, to everybody who sent us questions, thank you so much. You can uh, get those on milehighhockey.com um, in the comments as well. And then you could also, like these folks did, tweet us at mile high hockey or tweet us at, at elevation pod. If you have any other questions, I'm going to try, I say this literally every time we do this, but I'm going to try and do this every Friday. My schedule's kind of cleared up in a way that that might be, a, that might be a definite, might be a definite possibility. That's some, uh, fair commitment right there, but <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm appreciative of you folks for listening. And I, uh, I really do thank you guys for being a part of the broadcast. I have a good time. This is a good outlet for me. Instead of screaming at my wife about what the Avalanche are doing, I can talk to people who actually care. She cares, she's a great, she's a great fan. Um, she's actually devastated that Landis Cog hasn't been signed. Hold on one second, I'll show you something. So, so what am I going to do with this guy? What am I going to do with this guy if shit goes south? Pardon my French. What am I going to do with him? That's what I'm saying. He's not going anywhere. This guy is not going in. Look how handsome this plush doll is. You're going to let a guy this handsome leave? Come on. This doesn't happen. Not today. Not these days. Baltimore Beatdown says, I've been managing editor for SB Nation Raven site for a few hours, ending up landing in a small gig with the Ravens last... Moving on up, baby. That's what I like to hear, bro. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's really cool, fellow SB Nation guy. I appreciate you for tuning in and for uh, participating, my man or woman. I'm not sure. Thank you. Um, so that's kind of going to be it for me today. Um, I had a good time. If you guys want to listen back to this, you can, uh, I'll, I'll post a link to the actual recording of the podcast um, and I'll save this. Um, stream on Twitch So you can go back and watch it uh, Thank you guys again so much This is At Elevation, the podcast brought to you by Maha Hockey and SB Nation I'm Adrian Hernandez A lifelong fan of the Colorado Avalanche And a lifelong commiserator As a result <laughs> uh, If you want to reach out to me You can uh, get me at 80Hernandez27 on Twitter um, You can get me at At, Eleva- at, at ElevationPod And you can also catch me at at Mile High Hockey. And if you want uh, your latest and greatest information on the Colorado Avalanche and I'm not going live, go to milehighhockey.com. We got the most recent stories and some opinions based in some reactions and stuff like that. Shout out to everybody at uh, Mile High Hockey. You guys are the best at working hard and working together to put out content that uh, we can all be proud of, and, and something that, as a, as a fellow av fan, it's, it's incredibly valuable. Helps me pass the time, so sayonara, Avs fans. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one.